Welcome everyone to episode 38 of Double DM. As always, I am Emil and I'm here to get you up to date on all the stuff behind the scenes. There isn't much to talk about, but BioWorld matters too. So let's start with that. I am still working on it. The semester has been hitting me hard already, but I think before Halloween is a good estimate for it. You can also expect an episode from us on Halloween with Sergio from Mayday Roleplay about horror, tension and more. Perfect for the Halloween season. Then we also wanted to talk about Titan's Call. We've been planning a lot behind the scenes already and are nearly ready to start recording the episodes. We do not have a release date so far, but before our one year anniversary sounds like a good estimate again. With that, I would love for you to give us a nice review on your podcasting platform, follow us on those podcasting platforms, hit us up on Twitter and talk to us. We are nearly at 3000 followers already. Wow, I mean, it's like 8 weeks ago we hit 2000. Also, if you want to book advertisement slots on the show, hit us up on Twitter as well. And now, enjoy this episode 38 of Double DM. Is it as stormy at yours as is at mine? It is very, very stormy. I mean, like every five or ten seconds, I see some kind of plastic just. <laughs> <laughs> just over my roof. And then mm -hmm. right into the wind canal that is my street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're recording. You bet your ass we are. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, but it it is fucking stormy outside as well. Yeah, Germany has uh, storms, stormy yes. day, storm day, whatever we want to call it. it. It's stormy outside right now. Yes, very, very, very. So we are here recap for episode thirty-eight. Yes. Okay, Nils, please tell me. Yeah. We have Thursday. It's the first week of university in Berlin. Yeah. How? Is the university treating you? Surprisingly well, actually, kind of, at least. I mean, I don't have too much courses going on at the same time, but mm -hmm. they all start at 8 a.m. So that's a bummer. And today I had a really great day or so. I started at 8 o'clock with physics, two hours. Then right after that, I had a chemistry lecture, but it was physical chemistry. So four hours straight of physics right in the morning. It was a treat. <laughs> fun fact. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> or not so fun fact to be uh, to be exact. But yeah, not so fun. Yeah, it's just uh, physical chemistry right after physics is just a little too much for my brain in the morning. But I think that's going to change soon when physical chemistry is mostly done for the semester. Or you just yeah. stop going to the university again? Yeah, yeah, as per usual or so. Or so. I, I gotta ask, how yeah. is the hybrid semester treating you, though? I haven't had anything in person yet. Oh, okay. But I will have some seminars bi-weekly in person. Oh, you're gonna hate this. You're gonna hate this. Because yeah. I have a class on Monday, 8 a.m. Not the best spot for a class, but, right, I can live with that. It means I get up very early on Monday. It means I can do very much on Monday. 
mm-hmm. for for the week already. Um, but it's eight to ten, and after that, I would have um, an astrophysics lecture. Mm-hmm. But that's over Zoom, and I need to get home for that. I have fifteen minutes to get from the university, from the lecture hall, from my first class to my second class at home. My way home is 25 minutes on average yeah i need i have 15 um yeah that's fun and i guess you can't stay in the university for this online lecture as well i would need to have zoom available in the university Mm -hmm. and i don't i see yeah because the thing is we at the university that i have we have our own system for that right Mm -hmm. we don't use zoom at the university At least most of the time. But a lot of other universities in Germany do use it. For example, the TU uses it. Mine. And that astrophysics course is not a lecture of my university, but of the TU. And they use Zoom. And I can't access Zoom in university. Yeah, that's just... Because they system. German digitalization in a nutshell is this. It it is kind of... (laughs) I believe that the hybrid semester is going to be the worst semester of my whole student career. Mm -hmm. Because before, when we were in person, everything was fine. It was normal. Then it took a time to to get adjusted to online. But it Mm -hmm. wasn't that hard. But now having basically half in university, half not, and switching between and having to juggle all of this around is, is a lot more than you would think. Yeah, this, this weird mix, mixture is just, mm-hmm. it is kind of weird. And in that regard, I'm thankful for the way my courses are set up because the thing I have bi-weekly in person is one and a half hours after my lecture. Mm-hmm. And it is planned like that so everybody can drive to the university okay, for that. that. that that's, so that's basically great. Good, But most of the things or most of the universities don't do that or even most of my university doesn't do this that that's a treat i tell you that okay the thing is i i only have to get to university on mondays and fridays and it's the first lecture on monday and it's the last lecture on friday Mm, like the times are abysmal but i take it because i I could probably also the, the only days i really have to go to university are monday and friday the rest is definitely always online or not even synchronous and asynchronous, mm-hmm. meaning I get videos and I watch them and then I have to write an exam at the end of the semester, which I love that. I honestly love that. And I, I hope that after this hybrid semester, when everything goes back to normal in quotation marks, we don't yeah. know what the future holds, but it's the plan that everything, everything is in university again, that they at least keep the option for people to watch lecture videos or that you can tune into the lecture in a live stream because we do that already. I could on Friday, at 12 p.m. go to a lecture and either watch it in the lecture hall or from home over the university-owned system. I can choose. If I'm sick on Thursday and don't want to go into university that early or early right it's it's midday but if i if i'm still not feeling good i can just watch it over over zoom or not zoom but the camp the, yeah the, the own live stream I, I, I can watch the live stream and that's a treat that, that's so great that that helps so much and it helps so much with people that study abroad yeah that enrolled here from sweden but because of travel couldn't come here now and have to st- or if you want to go on a long vacation with your family to italy let's say and you have to take over the holidays over over christmas time and you can just take the one week before that and still travel and still be able to watch that right that that's not yeah 
the intended use of this, obviously. It is giving you the possibility. It benefits everyone, once yeah. again, right? It's a system made for people that are sick or can't come to university out of whatever reason and benefits those that can but still want to have the option available. It benefits everyone. Exactly. And I think... I, I know people that don't like online and that's yeah. fine. I like learning from home. The last two semesters were my best semesters by grades because mm. I could do everything at my own pace, everything from the within my own home and all of that stuff. Some people can only learn in a library and when they are closed they are fucked but yeah. i'm not that person yeah and i think uh, this whole covid thing with the online learning stuff gave us a lot of benefits mm -hmm. or the possibility of having benefits if they keep it up mm -hmm. if there is a possibility that you have a in-person lecture at university at later times but still have the option to turn in that same lecture on uh, through a live stream kind of situation this would be pretty good because if you are sick even after covid and you don't want to endanger everyone in the uh, lecture hall you can just turn on the live stream and still get that lecture you don't mm -hmm. have to get the notes from every other person but you can still participate in everything that is happening right now yeah and the technical advances that needed to be done at least in germany and for german universities have been made that way technically so yeah let's see where this is going mm-hmm Yeah. Okay, let's switch over to TTRPG-related stuff. Yes. Did you have sessions today? Uh, not today, but uh, last Sunday I had a Halloween-themed one-shot oh. for one of my groups. And I think it went pretty well. Okay. Uh, Why do you the think first that? Uh, one hour or one and a half hours were kind of a mysterious introduction into the setting we were in. With not as many clues, but... Uh, slight hints to where it could be heading and then mm -hmm. it just uncurled all the mysterious and horroriness of uh, one after another without alleviating the pressure from the players they still had to move on all the time because mm -hmm. if they don't they would face consequences so yeah and the end fight was pretty good it were it was a lot of fun for me for my players and everyone involved basically and one thing i didn't have planned at all was i played some background music like usual and the exact moment like when the bbag dropped and i described parts of the bbg it fitted perfectly to the music and the beat <laughs> it was just it was not intended i didn't know which song was playing but it was just right on time yeah nice that's basically the week for ttrpgs that i had but one session is coming up when this episode drops mm -hmm. which i still have to prepare for <laughs> <laughs> i have a rough idea but nothing concrete yet so I will have to do some thinking. Nice, nice. How about you? I am on a dry spell until Halloween. Okay. I My one session, which would have been this past weekend, was cancelled because of incompatibility of schedules, birthdays, and all of that stuff. So then I asked this weekend, and two of my players said no. And when we are four players, two say no, I don't want to run something for the other two. That's not what I want. So we, I just wait for Halloween. But the good thing is Halloween isn't that far away anymore yeah one so, week when this episode airs and yeah. that's also the time i will be pre that's also what i'm prepping for the thing is i don't think my players will listen to this before halloween so i can basically talk about it yeah. and if they are listening now and it's not halloween yet you need to stop listening to this recap now so my players just arrived in the big city they've followed up on some clues they've got some new information they went to the academy and talked to some uh, to some ex professionals on certain subjects demonology artifacts uh, construction and all of that stuff uh, because they found some weird things like magic items and some sort 
sort of um, weird crystallized demon soul. So they spoke to a demonologist about it. He said, I will keep this for investigation now. Mm-hmm. And then my players are now on their way to the alchemists because they found this weird liquid that they want to uh, gather some info on. And that's where we left off. And then the next session becomes Halloween and a little bit Halloween themed. So because nice. one of my players also asked for something a little bit more tense now because it felt mm-hmm. like a little bit uh, low tense the last few sessions. So I, I thought about a murder mystery or something mysterious. They give this prof professor of alchemy this liquid the next day he's gone mm. nobody knows where he is nobody knows what's going on but he's missing and and then some other clues I, I don't know if he just decided to run away because of the liquid maybe i make him a werewolf mm. i would still need to check uh, with my calendar for that world because yes that world has a ongoing calendar four full moons so i don't even know if a werewolf would be that possible right now, a werewolf adventure. But just about anything could really be fun. Just something where they have to track this alchemist now that's mm-hmm. just missing. And yeah, I don't... And then I get to find out what happens. I, I don't I, know yet. And I think you can build a pretty interesting mystery plot around demon souls, extracted demon shards, and weird unknown liquids. Yeah, uh, the, the problem is that the demon shard is now separated from the liquid. Like, the demon shard is now with the demonologist and not touched anymore, but the uh, the liquid still has some proper properties that I my players don't know because they didn't try the liquid yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm interested in hearing how your preparation plan will go, mm. what you decide to do, uh, what you decide to do. I'm interested for that. And that, as well. <laughs> and I'm interested to hearing how it went. That will be after Halloween. Yeah. So, should we get in today's topic? Yes, we should. We will meet you all after a short word from our sponsors. Hello everyone, I am Oliver Redboots, I am one of the co-hosts of uh, Rod and Flagon, and would you like to not die? Is not dying out there adventuring around the realms kind of on your higher priority list? Not dying is is underrated. I don't know if you've tried it, I imagine you have tried it, but not dying is good. And... 10 of 10 would recommend. Yes. So if, you have, if not dying is on your radar, and you would also like to adventure, and you'd like to maybe learn a thing or two about the adventuring lifestyle, where to go. How to stay alive. Learn about monsters. Learn how not to die. Find out other funny ways that adventurers have died. While still staying alive. Learn what is valuable loot and what is not valuable loot. That you can use while you're alive. And all sorts of other things. Come on and over and listen to Rod and Flagon. We will uh, we'll do our best to make sure that you hit the road well prepared to, well, what Swan said. Do not, do not die. Now listen to us every week, Rod and Flagon, everywhere you get your Rodcasts. Thank you very much. As a reminder, don't die. The Contract is a tabletop role-playing game about ambitious people who go on deadly missions for fantastic powers. With a focus on outside-the-box problem-solving, rotating game masters and self-contained missions, The Contract is a game master bootcamp. Hop on the Discord anytime and GM for players who are ready to risk the lives of their beloved characters. The Contract is available 100% for free online with a link in the description. Drop-in friendly, no-commitment sessions are run daily in the Discord. Well, and we're back now with the actual discussion today. Niels, what is the actual topic today? Today we would like to talk about expectation management. Well, let me throw my first question right at you. 
And yes. that's not a big one. How do you define expectation management? Not what does it mean? How would you define that term? To say it bluntly would be to define what your players and you yourself can expect from the campaign or the game you are playing. Mm -hmm. So to see where it should be going, what should be avoided, all that kind of thing. What in, in general, what do you expect from the game itself? Yeah, I would add one thing to that. Mm -hmm. And it's about defining the limits and the expectations of everyone. But it's especially important to have a discussion about it. Yes. To have everyone weigh in with their opinion, their expectations, to actually get a scope of what the expectations are. Yeah, and to get everyone on the same page, to have a consensus of what to expect. Yeah. Then let me throw one question right back at you. Mm -hmm. Not just what we mean by it, but what can we expect from handling expectations right? What you can expect when you, when you handle expectations right. I believe that that's the basis for a good game. If you handle the expectations of yourself and your players right, you can get probably the best game you will have. Because everyone's on the same page of what's on the table. Everyone knows what to expect and knows the boundaries they are in. Everyone yeah. is okay with what is happening and everyone is feeling good. Those are big basis of how I run my games. I run my games for especially my friends. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel friendly and welcomed at the table for everything. And because we are friends, this is rather easy for us, right? The main important thing is I don't want anything, anyone to leave my table feeling bad. That's my main objective. Yeah. To be an entertainer for my players. I, I want them to have fun. And I have fun in doing that. And that was an expectation we managed. What is everyone wanting from this game? While I wanted, for example, with my Phantoms of Chaos game, a more RP and player-focused game, the main expectation was from everyone we wanted to have fun. Yeah. And, and then we talked about, okay, what does fun mean for us? Because yes, saying you want fun from the game sounds very simple in the beginning, but everyone defines that differently for themselves. And that's the discussion you need to have. You need to know what everyone defines as fun for the exactly. game. Exactly. And one thing with that is to handle the expectations of your own limitations, right? Mm -hmm. So as a DM, you have a certain job set you have to do. Yes. And to handle the expectations of your ability to deliver them is one discussion you need to have or you should have mm -hmm. while managing the expectations. To say, yeah, I want a, an RP-focused or RP-heavy campaign, but I may not be the best at it now because I have to try it or train it. This is something you need to discuss within this discussion. So yeah. everyone knows what to expect from you and your abilities mm -hmm. to convey the things you all want to have in the game mm -hmm. but not just for uh, you don't have to do have this discussion just for the dm but for the players as well yeah i mean you know that for our vampire the masquerade game i made an eight or nine question quiz more or less or, or discussion round about expectation management i can quickly go find that to that we can basically go through those questions but i want to say the most important important part again is make sure that everyone's on the same page everyone yeah. should feel like they've weighed in into the discussion because if someone is left out that's a problem because they might enjoy the game but they might also not and when they are left out in the first discussion of your game because 
basically expectation management is my is my first real discussion at the table to prevent later arguments mm-hmm. of people that then can get heated and at the second time make sure that generally everyone knows this is the actual goal of this campaign and everyone needs to have their say in that discussion if they are left out in that discussion from the beginning they will also feel left out later in the game because they didn't have to get get to define most of the stuff yeah and regarding that you have to make a distinction between enjoying the game and enjoying the table you are playing at Mm -hmm. because you can enjoy the game but don't enjoy playing with the table you have Mm -hmm. and i think the expectation management discussion should be it should cover both or needs to cover both Mm -hmm. so everyone is on the same page for both parts of the game because playing at the table and playing the game are two different things yeah I mean, the thing is, they could also be being at the table and instead of playing at the table, because I've had players that basically just wanted to be observers and well, they wouldn't be players, right? But the thing is, I've had people come to my table and just watch for four hours as, for example, their boyfriend played with me. Mm-hmm. The thing about that is those players, we can't accommodate them in the expectation management discussion. If someone comes to you six months after that discussion in the game, I want to bring my girlfriend to the game. Can I do that? I would obviously always say yes, but I want to let the players say, you need to manage their expectations right. Do they want to play? That's possible. If they only want to watch, that's also possible, but... There's a thing, if people at my t- sit at my table, I want them to feel like they know what to expect, right? It's not about spoiling my players. I won't tell them, well, there is a spider in this cave. That's not the thing. The thing about it is that my players can expect how that whole encounter goes. Because if I tell them, well, the story is going to be about body horror, then maybe that spider is not even just a spider but a deformed human. Yeah. And and if my players say, no, we don't want that, that spider won't be a deformed human. That That's expectation management. I know what my players want, so I can manage their expectations right. Okay, this will never appear in the game, or this will appear in the game, and all of th- those kind of things, right? And the thing about yeah. it is, you can go about it however you want. I, like, the thing is just make sure you do it in some way. I do it in a discussion. I ask my players what they want to see and make my game accordingly. But I can also see, and and that's a valid way of doing it, in my opinion. I wouldn't do it. I, I think it's not the best way. But if you do that, that's your thing. I won't judge you. People saying, well, this, 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 and this appear in my game, right up front to the players, do you want in? And then the players can decide that for themselves. But they can probably also ask questions, right? The thing is, that's still a discussion to have. But some DMs basically say, this, this, and this is happening in my game. This is also a warning. What do you think about this? That's the way people play. I can see that especially happening when you go to conventions, for example. That the DM says, hey, this, this, and this is basically in this game I have planned for this convention. Yeah. This is an upfront warning and and and, and also question. Do you want into this? And that's okay. And if you stay into in those boundaries, that's okay. I don't like it. I will say that. I manage them each game accordingly, according to the players I have, because I recruit the players before I make the game. That's just mm-hmm. more fun for me. Yeah. But it's the thing. If, if you want to write your game beforehand and, and then basically get the players that also want to play that game with you, that's fine. Just don't lie to them in expectation management. Exactly. That's In general, don't lie in the pre-game discussions would be Mm -hmm. a good guideline for everyone, I think. Yeah. Obviously, don't lie as a DM in general, I would say, because... Sure. Yes, the NPC can lie, but you as the DM shouldn't lie. That's the thing, right? The DM is 
all the senses of the players. This is you are for the players the connection to the game. Yes, they can take actions without you. Like often enough, I describe something without the DM actually giving me the things they need to describe it, right? Okay, we are in a house. Okay, I take this flower pot and look into it, like to to play a part of being an inspector or something, right? And, and, and then the most DMs just say, okay, there's a flower pot for you to do that, right? They don't give a fuck. Yeah, because it's nothing major. Yeah, but the thing is, as a DM, if a player asks you something, you need to answer truthfully because yeah. you are what they see of the game. You describe what they see in the game. If there is no house, they won't imagine a house. They won't interact with a house. And that's why you can't lie as a DM. And that yeah. goes on to the discussion about expectation management. If you say in my game, there will be this, this, and this, then I as a player would expect that to be in the game. But if you say X, Y, and Z are not in my game and they happen in the game, I feel cheated. Yeah, it's not a good strategy. No, it, it's... In it's general, just not, not good, a good practice. Yeah, it's not, not a good habit to have in general. Yeah, the thing is, right, expectation management for me is just about making sure that my players and I have a general basis on that we can work on together, right? Something where I know this won't happen in the game, they know this will happen in the game, and then we have basically the boundaries of what we want to do, of what we want to play. I have found my eight questions, and I'm... Yeah. Just gonna to, to get some examples out there how I do it, for example. What I did was one of the big questions was which type of story do you want from this game? Mm -hmm. uh, think about feelings, genres, and something like that, especially key words like horror, mystery, murder, romance, political intrigue thriller and whatnot all right those things were the things and for the vampire game we've had mystery drama thriller horror a little bit of action and a lot of moral questions which was the keywords that we have for our vampire game mm -hmm. like that question gives me gives everyone a broad overview of if this game would be a movie if this game would be a video game the tags that people put on them that other people can look at and see if and decide if this thing is for them we have those now we now know what everyone can expect from this game so there will be drama there will be a thrill there will be thriller there will be a little bit of action and there will be moral questions in this game yeah um another question would be what do you expect of the game system we are playing since mm -hmm. we are playing vampire the masquerade fifth edition one of you guys answered i want that there is a big focus on bloodsucking. That the game we play with Vampire focuses on this aspect of needing blood. That there will be actual complications if we don't. And that there is an actual importance on doing that. Other ones said that combat should be rather on the downside. And, and social encounters should be important. That was you, for example. Mm -hmm. That were some expectations for the game. Other expectations were what did you expect of the group as a whole, of, of you as a player group. One of you answered no intrigues among us. So basically there won't be any intrigue or big intrigues against each other in this group. Yeah. There was which expectations do you have from me as the game master? One of them was, for example, very fun for me that I can adhere to a certain narrative that I don't have to play at the whims of you guys. That I sometimes can say, hey, this would derail the game for like two sessions. We don't do that. You should go into a different direction. Other ones said that I should bring in 
the big consequences. That your actions should have very big and drastic consequences. I obviously already do that, but it's good to hear that a player wants that. Yeah. Another one would be, which expectations do you have for yourself? That, that was a, a sudden question I didn't expect from the discussion. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. it suddenly got a very deep thinking process. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of surprising to hear that. But in a good and necessary way. Because mm -hmm. it gets you thinking of what you really want from yourself in the game. And gets you thinking about the questions the the real topics you want to talk about and gets the discussion going the thing for this was that i if i as the dm know what you want from yourself for example you answered that you want to further your intimate role playing and no we're not talking about the naughty intimate we're talking about this really deep connection to npcs and player characters yeah that you want to further that so now I know that I can work with you on that. I can give you things that you can work with for this. And I think that that's actually the most important question I ask Yeah. in this expectation method. Asking what the players want of themselves. Because then they can think about what they expect from themselves in the game. And those are the things that they want in the game. And that's the things you need to include if they want these. Like, you answered intimate roleplay. Nearly everyone answered intimate roleplay or st better staying in character yeah. and not, 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 not leaving your character to, to, to more play yourself in the setting and, and really play a character and disconnect from your actual personality. Now I can actually play off of that. I can use that to get a better game going for you, right? Expectation management is, as always, a tool to make your game better. Use it how you need to to make your game better. One other question I asked, for example, is what can I, as the DM, cross off your TTRPG bucket list? Th that's a question I got from Twitter. Someone wrote that that's basically a big question they ask, and I think it's honestly one of the best questions I can ask because... Yeah. Yes, what, what do my players want to do? And the answers for that is with my players is, as always, my players are very bad at answering these, this question and I don't know why. One of them answered they want to start a revolution or something like that. So that is now a part of the game probably, that there will be some options for starting revolutions or smaller protests or something. And the thing is, everyone knows that. So that's an expectation everyone has of the game, that there will be points where that is a possibility and or is gonna happen. And that was important. So now all my players and I have a way deeper understanding of what this game we are playing is actually supposed to do and provide and do for us. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a good and a very, very important session. Mm -hmm. And I think especially for this system we are playing, Mm -hmm. Because it is so focused on, basically, super focused on roleplay and inter-character relationships and intimate relationships. You need to be on the same page all mm -hmm. the time to get this going yeah. the right way and that everybody has fun, including the DM, of course. Because you are part of the table, you are part of the game, you need to have fun as well, mm -hmm. just to get this out there. And the, what can I cross off your bucket list? I stole this question for my next Session Zero I had, I think one or two weeks later because i have never thought about it and it was just so genius basically 
Yeah, it's a genius question. I have also never thought of it, and that on Twitter was just an eye-opening experience for me. As I asked the question for my uh, in the session zero I had, the obvious one was fun and adventure, but I wanted to go in a little deeper. Yeah, quickly intersect about this. Fun and adventure is not something I can cross off someone's bucket list. That's something I always have. Yeah, I mean, it's the core of the game to have fun and be on an adventure. Like, if you come to my table and say my expectation is to have fun, I'm saying, yes, that's an, that's not an expectation. That's a requirement, more or less, for me. That's already... Yeah, kind of. Right, right. The thing is, if you are not having fun, then why are we doing this? Yeah. The things that they then proceeded to say were political intrigues, mm -hmm. a heist, which we did mm -hmm. an episode on. You can listen to How to Build a Heist. Um, then a witch hunt of some sorts. Mm -hmm. some downtime, downtime activities, especially with crafting. Mm -hmm. And I want to explore that. And maybe some real estate options, keeps, buildings, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just an ingenious way to help you build your campaign for you based on the player's wishes. Yeah, especially also for the players. Yeah. You incorporate something they want to have. So you know that if you do it, in the right way, they are gonna love it because they asked you for it. Yeah. And I want to touch on a different aspect of expectation management, and that is we've talked about it already in the episode of Session Zero, the RPG consent sheet, or any kind yeah. of consent sheet, any kind of document that helps you exact know exactly where your player's limits are. And general safety tools are a great way to manage expectations because while I can manage expectations perfectly and for example we use the rpg consent sheet which has only one downside it is a static document you fill it out and it's not dynamic so we have the rpg consent sheet and everyone that is against safety tools i, I don't understand it how can you be against safety tools it's that you say at my table with friends for 30 years i don't use them i don't give a fuck about those but if you are generally against a tool that can help people play this game i don't understand why you are even here on this podcast i mean i can understand that people don't use safety tools in the group they have played in for years yeah exactly i, I can understand not using them but being against the idea That's of it stupid i mean not using them you know everyone's limits already if you played for a long long time so you don't need to use it but being yeah. against it as a on a basis is just idiotic it's yeah. just i yeah. mean i still use them with a game with a group that i've known for eight years so yeah i still think it's still usable if you've played for a long time but definitely it's your decision i won't be at your table if i don't know you well enough to trust you without safety tools period yeah. the thing is With the RPG consent sheet, you have a great way to manage expectations because your players fill this out. And, and the best thing about it is make it a Google document for your players to fill out because then it's anonymous. Then they can really, really just let, let it out and you won't even know which player is against something. And then in the session zero, you pull the results and say, okay, here is one red, one, one hard stop for needles there won't be any needles and syringes in this game period no questions asked no discussion about it that's it then with yellow then there is something yellow for example in our game we had a yellow on nearly every every race everything racist sexist homophobia and all those kind of things and basically the thing was we don't the player didn't want that i give you a friendly racist npc 
that you get an NPC that you are supposed to like and work with that is racist. If I use yeah. it to make the NPC an asshole for you to hate, that's okay. And I said, well, I can also make them an asshole without having racism in the game. So racism won't will be a hot button top topic. And so I managed expectations through that because I knew the limits where I won't cross, which I can safely cross, and which are to be handled with care. And since everyone now knows of you how this looks, how the results, everyone knows the results without knowing who answered what, you know exactly what to expect. There was a hard no on harm to children. So period, there won't be any harm done to children in this game. There, there is no but this or, or what about this? No. Most of the time, they won't even be part of the game, so I don't have, so it won't fall into a possibility even. There yeah. will be children, but they won't be play a big part of this game. So I managed expectations through that, and then I also managed expectations through saying we have a different safety tool. We have an X card, or just a simple symbol, hey, I don't want to continue this. That's very, very simple. And yep. that's a dynamic tool because even if I go into the topic of racism and it might and it, it might seem fine to me, one of you is saying, okay, this is going a bit too far for me now. You just throw up an X and I stop the game there. We talk about it and I change something because that's an, that's an expectation I didn't have the ability to manage outside the game. So I manage it inside the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, safety tools are awesome. Use them for expectation management. Be better. It just makes it so much easier to manage expectations with the consent sheet or the safety mm -hmm. tools we use. Even, like you said, the X card, making it more dynamic. It's just a great way to manage expectations even on the go because this can be done, but the basis yeah. of the expect expectations should be managed yeah. beforehand anyways. And a lot of this discussion ties into session zeros because this is basically what a session zero needs to talk about. Mm -hmm. You don't only need to manage expectations uh, for the table, but for the in-game setting as well. What to expect from the world, uh, what classes or whatever kind of mechanic there is what should be highlighted what uh, things should be highlighted what not and all this kind of thing what the uh, world is called where what are the cultural influences for your specific setting for example this is stuff you need to talk about because if you manage the expectations of your world right you can make it that much easier for you or for your players to understand the world itself and be a better part or can play a better part in the world itself. Yeah, very true. We talked about when mm -hmm. we could do this with session, session zero, but are there any other points in the yeah. game where you need to manage expectations? And when are these points? Yes, there are many points where you can do this. Do it as often as you like. Do it as often as you think you need to because there is no harm in doing more talking about it than less talking about it. And that's something people really need to realize. You don't have to have it static, right? That's the same thing that I said with the consent sheet. It's a static document. It doesn't change. The same does the expectation management discussion in the beginning. You've had that. What do you do now if the expectations change in the game? Well, you have a discussion again. And for example, what I did is at some point in my game, I think it was at level six, after they leveled up, I was like, hey, every player of you approach me in the next three weeks until we play again about a discussion about this. Come to me and we will talk about your expectations, your enjoyment and everything of this game. We did that. After that, we had I compiled a big list of everything and gave that to the group and said, well, now let's discuss this together. 
This, these are things that will change from now on, right? Because dungeon masters, you need to be, think about this. You are not the best dungeon master. No, no one is. No one is perfect. And the thing is that even if you think you've put on a good game for your players, they might still have concerns. They might still have questions or anything. Make time for a discussion with them about this. And before you even come to me and tell me, well, they have always the time to approach me and do this. Yes. You might have you might have the option available for your players to approach you, but have you ever told them that they can? Have you yeah. ever made it sure made sure that they know they can? Have you ever showed them that they can? You need to make it clear that regarding whatever topic regarding the game, you are available for them. If they have any sort of concern or wish or whatever they want to talk about regarding the game, they can always come to you. Because yeah. basically you are in the position where you need to manage expectations all the time, every time. But having a dedicated session or a dedicated discussion about expectation management might not be enough. You need to make clear that you are there all the time if they have any concerns, questions or discussions to be had with you, that you are available for them, that they can come to you and no matter what, you are there to listen and help. Yeah. If they don't know this option exists, they won't take it. That That's exactly. something you have to initiate. And yeah, so I do these checkups at, I did at level six. You can do this whenever you want, whenever you feel like it. It was around half a year of the camp, uh, half a year after the campaign started or something. So it, it felt good. There were some things that needed to be discussed. So we discussed it. Then a few weeks later, a player came to me. Hey, I want to talk about something. And I listened. Listen to your players when they come to you with concerns, questions, or anything about the enjoyment of your game. Don't think no. that you are doing the perfect game for them. They might have concerns. They should speak those concerns. They should be able to make sure they actually are able to. So I listened to this player. And he said, well, the thing is, I, I love that we maybe get more freedom from this campaign than in the last campaign. But the problem is, it feels like I have no clear direction I can go. Okay, then we talked about this. He has a problem that he thinks he has way too much freedom. Like there is no plot hook or something. I should make the plot hook yeah. clearer to him. And I was like, yeah, I will do that. I will make the plot hooks clearer to you. And then and then we talked about his character, how the character can help with that. He plays a paladin who is not the smartest, has a very big feeling of responsibility, of being the helper, right? He needs to be a helper. And what I said, well, how about we do it this way? And, and, and he was like, okay, my character could be the person that basically always focuses on one thing to help people and doesn't go away from it until until the thing is actually done right i need to save this kid from the bandits now there is no we can do this later we are doing this now and standing his ground we are doing this now not caring about the consequences at first those come later i need to save this kid now make the task simple for you for for this for, for this character was was basically the thing we, get, we came to how he can help with that but obviously i will help with that as well as the dm it's not his job yeah. to play necessarily differently at my table it's a group effort between both of us he does it i help we both help and then it works these check-ins i do them basically i did them now once at level six i probably will do them again at level 10 at points where i think it's appropriate at points where mm -hmm. i think this makes sense to now talk about this because people change over time i mean the thing is i started playing ttrpgs in high school yeah you're a different person now i'm a way different person now i think a, 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 around 
this whole year, since January this year, I've changed the person so much that my high school self wouldn't even be able to recognize me. And yeah. The, yeah. the thing is, obviously my expectations are different. I'm having a game that's, that, that started with me in high school and is still me now. That's still the same game. My expectations changed. And yeah. my DM needs to accompany for that. My yep. DM needs to realize that I'm not the same player they had once again. And obviously my DM changed as well. And the game changed as well. And I think the game changed accordingly. But still, expectations about the game are a discussion you can always have. There is never not time for this. You have always place for this discussion. You should always have this discussion. If you as the DM are ever having doubts about the, your player's enjoyment of the game or your player's playstyle, have a discussion with them. And the discussion is not you saying you play the game wrong. You do this wrong. You should do this. No. But talk to each other. Communication is the single core aspect of playing TTRPGs. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a big deal to write off a session of playing the game to manage expectations again and to adjust the expectations everybody has. Just say, okay, this week, I think in the past few sessions, something was off. I would like to meet just to talk about the stuff mm -hmm. that I felt was kind of off. Just talk about it at the time you would usually do when you play. If you don't yeah. want to make a specific extra meeting for that, because time is kind of difficult to manage sometimes mm -hmm. or to make time for everything and then open up another time slot can be really difficult. But if you yeah. already have a time slot, just use this instead. Mm -hmm. I think to better the game for everybody, no one will object to push the game one session back. Yeah. Yeah. It will not be a problem. Yeah, never. Th that's the thing where we do it, right? It's to make the game better, not yeah. to, to change the game. Like, okay, yeah, it's to change the game, but it's to change the game for the better. Th that's the most, that's the cru crucial part. DMs, take every option to make your game better because it will make your game better. Yeah. Or at least you tried, and that's also something. I take these options as expectation management. I take the option as often as I can to talk to my players about the game because that alone gives me the option to better my knowledge, better my game. If you don't talk to your players about the enjoyment of your game, about the expectations of your game, you will end up in an echo chamber of your own thoughts of how to make the game better without realizing that your players might not enjoy them. Yeah. Maybe some other people will enjoy them. Maybe you've, you're talking to other people that say, well, this is great. But if they're not your players, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Like, like if, if one of my DMs would, would start using body horror without me actually talking about it and, and me not enjoying it, they've missed the point. They've failed yeah. even though other people told them hey body horror is super cool and you should use it and then they were like yeah i should sure yeah try using body horror but talk to me first about it or make yeah. sure that i am okay with it because if i don't enjoy it that's a problem yeah uh, what i adopted during the time we have have this podcast now mm -hmm. so basically over the course of a qu uh, three quarters of a year now i started doing feedback rounds after every session Mm -hmm. I usually, before that, when I was a player, I already, I nearly always give some sort of small 
feedback for the DM if I liked it or if I don't, what I didn't like and stuff like that. And I think mm -hmm. it just is important for the DM to hear if they did a good job or a not so good job at the session, especially. It's managing the expectations for the next session mm -hmm. and the DM can improve on the topics you talked about. And doing this right after the game session ends, where the memory is still fresh, is a good way to make small adjustments. Mm -hmm. These feedback rounds aren't for the major things you need to talk about. For those, you should have a dedicated discussion session mm -hmm. for yeah. this. But after the session, just say, hey, yeah, I like this and this, but maybe try to stay more in NPC characters or stuff mm -hmm. like this. this is something that can help you a lot because those things you cannot really plan, especially if you're running your home game. And if the players don't act according to your plan, as players always do, you need to improvise. Yeah. And managing your improvisation expectations with that feedback round can be a huge tool for you to better yourself as a DM and to become more comfortable with improvising. If you improvise and your players loved it, you gain confidence in your improvisation skills. And this just makes it better for your players at that table. Mm -hmm. Because you know what you did was good for them, was working for them, so you can repeat the same process and change little things to try to make it even better. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And usually uh, I do this every session, basically, the small feedback rounds. And then I have, at the end of every story arc, I will implement a bigger discussion about how did you feel about the story arc? How was it? Blah, blah, blah. All these questions we talked about, basically. Mm -hmm. Having the same sessions, your expectation management in a smaller version, but not less important version at the end of every story arc yeah. to prepare better for the next one. I mean, I also said we talked a lot about DMs listening, right? DMs yeah. should listen to their players and you should. But please don't take this as you have no place to talk in these meetings. You should be just as much taken into account in these meetings as your players should. You should have yeah. a voice too for this. You should be Definitely. able to say, hey, I don't like this anymore. I kind of feel that this story arc we are going in right now isn't going really great for me does anyone have any suggestions how we change that or should we maybe just ch end the story arc soon or something and yeah. that's something you should be able to say you should be able to trust your players that they understand when you have concerns as well you shouldn't be the one changing the game silently to match your concerns because then it might throw up concerns or problems with the players they shouldn't be the ones questioning something for you yeah, that you did that throws up concerns for you it's a discussion where everyone is equal and to talk about this make sure that everyone's on the same page and yeah. that will result in a better game in my opinion yeah and speak to your players even privately to prepare for expectation management sessions sometimes mm -hmm. can help because if yeah. you for example after you have this big story arc concluded you need mm -hmm. to plan the next story arc mm -hmm. And to help manage the expectations, you may need a framework for the next story arc already. So you may need some background information from your, from your players for mm -hmm. the characters or motivations or anything like that. And then gather all these informations beforehand, make your plan, and then talk about the plan where it, the heading should go for the next story arc. This yeah. is something that can help you. We talked a lot about improv and prep already in mm -hmm. past episodes. So you, the same applies to expectation management se uh, sessions and discussions in general. Of course, there are things you need to improvise because you can't prepare for every question your players might have but you can prepare the questions you have for your players or the expectations 
needs you have of your players. You need to prepare that and you need to have that to help mm -hmm. you better mm -hmm. your game in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other questions about expectation management? Yeah, we talked about how we do it. We talked about yeah. why it's important to do it. We talked about what it yields to your game. But what are the things... Like, we also talked about what it happens if you don't do it, right? We also talked about what happens in these meetings. So I think we basically have everything down we wanted to talk about today, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, to summarize what we had is have these discussions with your players. Yep. Listen to them. Say your piece as well. And make sure the table is on the same page. It can, it can and will yield a better game experience for everyone involved even if the discussion ends with but the thing is the discussion can end with well nothing changes yeah. and that might sound now not like wasted time like you said you, you schedule push the campaign back one week but like are you willing to take the risk that your game might fall apart might stop laying might lose a player might end up not being fun for anyone involved just so like are you willing to take that chance i am not i am not <laughs> yeah. i won't i would rather have a discussion where everyone says they are perfectly happy with the game than not have a discussion and later let the game break apart yeah i mean even if this discussion doesn't yield anything for the game having that discussion alone is useful because your players like we said now know they can come to you they can talk yeah. about this because you offered like you as the dm have in that regard maybe even more power than the players that can be the case you need to you need to extend the arm that they take you need to say this is an option we have take it when you want show them that you want to take that option once and yep. then they will take that option themselves and like one of my players did. doing so yeah yeah the expectation is that they feel safe right yeah that's the biggest thing expectation management does it ensures everyone is having good fun at your table yeah uh, and in general, just a good time, having a good feeling about playing at your table, having fun in the game and doing exactly what everybody wants to do. Yeah, that's that's everything you want. <laughs> yeah. So basically manage expectations correctly with the point uh, through the points we talked about. It's you don't have to, but you have to, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. We won't yeah. force you, but trust us, it will yield a better game. It will, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. Do these quite regularly, I would say. Mm -hmm. Or if, uh, take, a, uh, take a second and see where it would fit some sort of discussion. But mm -hmm. have a feel for the table and see when it fits. Then do these discussions. Yeah. And not just once at the beginning and be done with it. Change your expectation management according to the play style mm -hmm. or the group you have at hand. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Have fun doing so. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And with that, you should follow us on Twitter at DoubleDMPod, at Instagram at DoubleDMPod. And... We also have a website, www.doubledm.com, where you can visit. So you can support that, us on Ko-Fi. Ah, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Links are for all of what Niels just said are in the description, as are the links for our sponsors, as are every time you have, we have a guest. We don't have one today, but if we have one, they are also in the description. Go check out the description, click on the links, and do the good stuff, people. Yeah. And with that, hear you on the next one. Have a good day, and bye-bye. Bye-bye.